So pain, suffering, loss, death, grief, sorrow, sadness, misery, affliction, anxiety, anguish, heartache, heartbreak, unhappiness, rejection, abandonment. I could go on and on in describing words that are perpetual indicators in our life, in my life and yours, that we do not have peace. These words and many others that maybe you have even thought of are words in our vocabulary because this world that we live in has experienced brokenness. There was an ideal way life should be. Now that ideal has been replaced with evil and we are left with brokenness. Merry Christmas. My name is Casey, and it's such an honor to be with you. And uh, for those of you that are new with us in the room, we're so grateful to be with you. And with everyone that's online, we're so grateful to be together with you. Uh, for those of you that are new with us in the room, or if you're new with us online, we do have a gift for you. Uh, for those of you that are new with us in the room, after today's service, if you'll make your way through our lobby, and right across the lobby is a welcome center. A host will be in there, and just walk in there. Uh, that We'd love to give you a gift for being with us today. Uh, also, if you'll give us about four t- minutes of your time in less than four minutes, where we want to share with you four things that we believe will be meaningful to know about who we are as a church family, about who we are as Westside. If you're new with us online, we'd love to send you a gift. Uh, right now they're posting a link to a Connect card. And if you'll click that link and fill out that Connect card, we'll send you a gift for being with us today. Hey, Westside, would you help me welcome everyone online and let everyone know in the room how grateful we are to spend time with them? Yeah. So there is a longing at the core of our humanity as we live in this brokenness and in this broken world. And this is it. Write this in your notes. We long for peace when we experience brokenness. We long for peace when we are not at peace. In fact, the brokenness leaves us with the absence of peace. That's what brokenness is. It's the absence of peace in our life. And maybe this is where you are today. Maybe this is where a season of life where you're not experiencing peace, a season of life where peace is absent in your life. Maybe you're in a situation and you're facing the situation with no solution because of the brokenness. The situation's broken. Maybe the, you are broken. Maybe a relationship is broken. And what remains is pain. When peace is absence, we do something. We look for something. When peace is absent, we look for someone or something to resolve our conflict. We look for someone or something to heal our, uh, our pain. And we look for someone or something to fix our brokenness. And who or what you turn to first is likely who or what you depend upon most. In your brokenness. It's what you depend upon most to bring you peace. See who or what you turn to first. Is really who or what you believe in most. And this is why we've been learning. What this series big idea is all about. See Jesus came. So all can call upon God. And trust in him. Jesus came. So you can first turn to God. 
in the middle of your pain. So you can know and you can trust in God and, and you can put your tr- faith in Him and you can put your faith in Jesus in the middle of your heartbreak, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your grief, in the middle of your anxiety, in the middle of your fear, in the middle of your brokenness. That no matter what your situation you are in right now, and no matter what the situation is, you can know and you can have this assurance that Jesus is someone you can call upon. Jesus is someone you can trust. Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He came so we could call upon God And we could trust in Him. See, Jesus also gives you and I proof that we can trust in Him. Jesus' resurrection is the proof that we can call upon God and we can trust in Him no matter what our situation is. His resurrection proves that He's the source of what we need regardless of what our circumstance is. Regardless of the brokenness that we face, that He is the source of everything we need. When we experience brokenness or we've lost hope, something happens in our world. It becomes very dark, doesn't it? As soon as you experience brokenness and you have no hope to hold on to, the world can become dark. We can feel like we're peering into into a hopeless situation. It's like peering into a dark tunnel where you see no light. We feel the stress because of the darkness of pain and the darkness of sorrow. And it's interesting that darkness is the picture that we metaphorically feel when we're broken and we're hopeless. And being broken is a dark place, isn't it? It's a very hard place to be. And this is where Israel was when they were exiles in Babylon. It was a difficult place, a dark place. And in this dark place, it was in this dark place that God would speak hope to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. God would speak to Israel because Israel was turning to the wrong solutions. They were turning to the wrong solutions to fix their brokenness, to find hope in their despair. And God gave Israel a choice. And their, their story is preserved and, and their story is recorded because God wants you to know that the choice God gives Israel is a choice God gives you. And we have two choices when facing brokenness. We have two choices when facing despair. We have two choices. We can either, one, turn to God, which you're going to see today. Or two, we can turn to broken solutions. Israel chose to turn to broken solutions. In fact, most of what we have recorded in the Old Testament is time and time again, story after story after story of them turning to broken solutions instead of turning to God. And listen to what is written in Isaiah 8, verse 19. And this is right before Isaiah prophesies this key text that we've been looking at in this entire series. And this is before he gives them hope. Listen to what he says. In verse 19 of chapter 8, Isaiah, the prophet says, When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists, I mean, they've already turned to a dark solution right now. He goes, Who whisper and mutter, Should not a people... Inquire of their God? Israel, what choice are you making right now? To whom or to what are you turning to right now? And it goes on. Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? We all know in today that that's a broken solution. But did you know that this has been going on for millennia and still concurs, I mean, still happens in today in some African countries and, and some Middle Eastern countries that they turn to, they turn their ancestors and, and, and ancestral worship to try to find and fix their brokenness? And it's a broken solution. 
And in this, Isaiah reminds them of their other choice. In verse 20, consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. You know what he's saying in that? They have no hope. There's no hope if you don't turn to God. There's no hope in broken solutions. And look at the result of turning to broken solutions. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upward, will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful, fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into other darkness. Right here, Isaiah gives a picture of humanity and the world in its entire existence. I mean, this is the reason we have the evil and we have the outbreak and the chaos and the disorder in this world. Because we've turned to broken solutions instead of turning to God. And Israel here turned to a broken solution to find peace. They found no peace. They found only something that would perpetuate their, own, their, their brokenness. They ended up in distress, despair and fear and anger and darkness. And not just angry in life, they were angry with God. They first ignored God and eventually ignoring God would turn into rejecting God. And this is the path that ignoring God leads to. Ignoring, ignoring God will lead to rejecting God. And you'll end up in utter darkness, despair, without any hope. See, we ignore God when we turn to broken solutions to find peace in our distress, in our fear, in our gloom. We ignore God, and eventually ignoring God time and time again will lead you to reject Him. And, and instead of turning to those, to him, you're going to turn to all these broken ways. And every time you turn to a broken solution, you ignore his way for your life. Instead of turning first to him. So I just I want to ask you today. Are you ignoring him? Are you ignoring God? Are you turning to broken solutions or it, 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 to fix your broken situation? Because it's in this one moment that, that we have to identify that all those solutions that we are scrambling in order to find peace are only broken. And are you scrambling for this? Looking everywhere but Jesus to find the fix for your hurt and your pain. Or have you just resolved that there's no hope for you and you, and you kind of just resolved, man, there's no hope for me, why even try well, I don't believe you're here today because you've gotten to that place yet. And today, I want you to lean in and I want you to listen in because if you feel like you're broken, you're in a place that you need hope and you, 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 you need an, a solution, I want you to listen to what God says to the nation of Israel. He comes in and God says to the prophet Isaiah, nevertheless... In this one word, nevertheless, this one word, hope enters the picture for this hopeless people of Israel. And when the, he it says, nevertheless, it enter, hope enters uh, to your story. See, God interrupts the narrative dominating the world. 
And God interrupts the narrative that might be dominating your life. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In verse 2, he goes on, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then to verse 6, the passage we've been looking at this entire series. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government there will be, and, and the greatness of his peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah's prophecy here is a prophecy of God's plan that reveals God's heart. See, God uh, reveals through Isaiah his plan to eradicate brokenness and darkness by establishing peace. God reveals his plan to bring peace that it would have come through an infant boy who will establish and uphold the kingdom of God through justice and his way of justice. Not the world's way of justice, his way of justice. And he will uphold it with his way of righteousness, of his plan. And in this, he will do this forever. See, God's plan for peace in this moment was much different than Israel's plan. And can I just be honest with you? God's plan for peace in your life is likely much different than your plan for peace. See, the way that you have a plan, and we all have a plan to fix our own brokenness. We all come up, and we come up, and we we have, this is what fills most of our prayers. God, I want this to happen. God, I would love for this to happen. And it's all to fix our own brokenness, and we have a plan. We come to God like, like we're Home Depot. God, I've got a plan. You can help. Instead of turning to God as if he's the plan and saying, God, you are the plan, and I'm going to come alongside you. See, it's much different. It's, it, see, Israel wanted the oppression to stop. That was their plan. They wanted out of exile. They wanted the exile to end. They wanted no more world war. This was their plan for peace. Just stop it all. See, God's peace is so much more than that. God's peace is so much more than the absence of war. It's so much more than the absence of conflict. God's peace is so much more than that. That's a surface level meaning of what peace truly is. In the ancient Hebrew language, peace is this word shalom. It's this word shalom. And the word shalom has a deeper meaning than just absence of conflict. It means to be well. It means to be complete. It means to be whole. The outcome of Complete, well, and whole, and mind, and body, and spirit. The outcome of that is there is no war. See, when, when a people are, are, are whole, when a people are complete, they, they need, lack nothing in their life because of what they have through God, and the, the, the outcome is there's no strife. See, the outcome is no conflict. But there's something that's got to be fixed and be whole on the inside before there's an absence of conflict on the outside. 
That outcome originates from a place of wholeness. That outcome originates from a place of completeness. That outcome originates from a place of wellness that we are complete, whole in mind, body, and spirit. See, peace is the opposite of brokenness. It's a complete opposite of what sin has done to all of us. Wholeness is the opposite of brokenness. And where you are broken today... Where you are broken, whether it's relationally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, where, or, or wherever you're broken today, God is, it, that's where God wants you to experience His peace. But you're going to have to turn to Him and turn away from the broken solutions. So, where are you broken and you need peace right now? Where is it that you need peace? Where is peace absent and brokenness is present? Are you broken relationally today? Is there a relationship that you're just not in peace? There, there, there's, there, there's, there, there's no peace there. Is, is there, are you, are you broken physically? Are you broken mentally? Are you broken emotionally? Are you broken spiritually? You feel distant from God, absent, that he's absent in your life and he doesn't care for you. You feel like it's broken. Your relationship with God is broken. Where are you broken today? And where there is strife, darkness, despair, where is that present in your life? Because that's the place where God wants to come and change the narrative of your story. Here's the truth about shalom. Here's the truth about peace. Peace is the outcome of God's salvation. This is why Jesus... God incarnate entered this dark and broken world. This is the reason we celebrate Christmas. He desired to enter our brokenness to fix the world's brokenness. And he longs to fix your brokenness. God's solution for your brokenness is salvation. God's solution is salvation. Salvation is the solution to fix your brokenness and the world's brokenness. Salvation is the only thing that will bring us peace with God so we can have peace with God spiritually. Salvation is the only thing that can bring you peace regardless of the circumstances you are in. Salvation is the only thing and is only what can bring you peace when your your, your loved one's body is broken by illness or your body becomes broken by illness. Salvation is what brings you peace in the middle of a relationship that remains broken. The peace we have from salvation has an impact in our lives now. Because of the peace we have in salvation, now the peace we have with God affects all of our other relationships Instead of all of our other relationships in our broken relationship and that broken relationship where there's strife between one party and another and there's strife between us, now I don't have to treat that person based on how they treated me. Because I have peace with God, I can now affect them not based on their words toward me or what they've done toward me. Now I can affect them based on what God has done for me. See, Christ's salvation brings us peace. And we won't find wholeness in what people say or do about us. Here's the reality. You're not going to be whole. You're not going to be complete. You're not going to find peace 
when you're searching and you want the value from other people, when you're looking to other people to do something for you or do something to you or say something about you, and when, you, when, when, when what people say or do to you or say or do uh, to, uh, at you, it's directed towards you, when you're, that's your peace, that's not peace, that's a broken solution. See, Christ's salvation brings us peace. He's the one who brings us wholeness. It's His work. And your shalom, your peace, your wholeness is not in what you can do. And it's not what you've done or haven't done. It's not in what others will do to you or what they haven't done to you. That's not where your peace is. Your shalom, your completeness, and your wholeness is only in the work of Jesus Christ for you. This is God's heart. And you know, can I just tell you something? The reason we rarely trust God's plan is because we don't trust God's heart. The reason you're hanging on to your plan and you're not trusting God's plan because you don't trust His heart. And until you trust His heart, you'll never trust God's plan and His solution to bring you peace. You're going to try to find it in your way. You're going to ignore his word. You're going to ignore his scripture. And you're going to do it over and over again. It's only going to continue to lead you down and down a path. And eventually you may even reject God completely. Because you've ignored him time and time again. See, God's heart and plan is to establish his kingdom of peace through justice and righteousness from only one person, the work of the Prince of Peace. It's the only way God brings salvation. And the only way is that He brings His kingdom of peace is through His justice and His measure of justice and His righteous way of living. And it's only established through the work of the Prince of Peace. It, peace can only come through God's work. Can I tell you something? It cannot come through your plan. It cannot come through anybody else's plan. And too often we ask God to join our work and we try to implement our plan. Hey, God, join me as I implement this plan to fix my own brokenness. Instead, we should be turning to God, relying on His work and trusting in His plan to fix our pain, trusting in His plan to heal our brokenness and trusting in His plan to restore our relationships. See, God longs for you to experience wholeness but it only comes one way when you trust in the plan and you receive it the way he intends you to receive it. See, God longs for you to have peace mentally. He longs for you to be free from anxiety. God longs for you to have peace emotionally. He longs for you to have, be free from fear. God longs for you to have peace spiritually. He longs for you to be free from the curse of sin that eternally will separate you from God. And God longs for you to have peace relationally free from disunity. He longs for this. And that peace is the outcome of following his plan and trusting in his heart and believing in Christ's work. But when we turn to broken solutions in order to have peace and fix our own brokenness, you know what ends up happening? We only perpetuate brokenness. Chaos and justice 
are the outcomes of our own efforts to fix our own brokenness. You know why there's brokenness, I mean, chaos and injustice continuing in our world today? It's because people are pursuing any other solution other than Christ. It's the only solution. Not just to the world's big way to the, 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 world, the injustice that's happening on the world. It's God's plan even for you and I. And this is why God stepped in. He wanted to stop the cycle of injustice. He wanted to stop the cycle of in, uh, brokenness. And he steps in and speaks hope to Israel. And God wanted to do this. And he says, I have a plan. It's through my Prince of Peace. And God reveals his plan to bring his Prince of Peace into this world. And he shows you and I in Isaiah 52 how God's ways are higher than your ways. Because what Jesus would do and what the Messiah would do in hundreds of years before Jesus would ever walk this world, this is what Isaiah writes about the Messiah. And I want you to listen to God's plan to bring you peace through Jesus. And it's not the way we would solve our brokenness. It's not the way I would solve my brokenness. But I've got to remember, God's ways are higher than my ways. Because he's a wonderful counselor. I mean, that's the whole idea of wonderful, right? It's beyond, it's wonder. I, I, I wonder, how does this work? I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's wonderful. It's his counsel. It's his wisdom. And hundreds of years before Jesus would die on the cross, Isaiah describes a son who would be given for the world to show us God's heart for the world to have peace. And here's God's plan. Verse 13 of Isaiah 52. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For that what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. I want you to look up here for a second. Maybe you felt this way too. Have you ever felt those rejected, abandoned, a person who's had to suffer, familiar with pain, held in low esteem? I want you to know something here. Jesus entered your brokenness so he could make you whole. This is why Christmas is so powerful. God with us, one of us, to take upon our all the brokenness that we experience, all the pain, all the sorrow, all the grief, all the rejection, all the abandonment that we would go through, all the descriptions of not being at peace, Jesus allowed, willfully allowed himself to be in that place so he could make you whole, so he could become your prince of peace. And if you're broken, 
As I read this next part, I, I, I invite you to close your eyes. I invite you to eliminate all the distractions around you. And I want you to hear the truth in this scripture about God's plan to bring you shalom, to bring you peace, and to bring you wholeness. Just listen to this and let these words of truth sink into your hearts. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him, and afflicted. See, Jesus doesn't do what we would do if we were wronged. He doesn't do what I would do if I were despised. He doesn't do what you would do if you were rejected. You know what I'd likely do? What you'd likely do? If we were in that moment despised, rejected, and, and, and afflicted or stricken, it's what people have done for centuries and for millennia when they've been rejected, when they've been wronged, or they've been despised. We, likely hurt, we would likely hurt somebody. We would say something we wish we wouldn't have said. We would do something we would regret doing and we would hurt someone else because of the pain we experienced. After all, people who have suffered injustice are the ones who cause others to suffer injustice. Hurt people. Hurt people. Broken people break people. And Jesus did not respond this way. Jesus' way is a different way. His ways are higher than the world's ways. He is the prince of peace. And when he was afflicted and stricken and stricken and wronged and despised and rejected, the prince of peace did something different to establish God's kingdom of peace that we can receive. In verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. You know what our version likely has? The punishment that brings us peace is going to be on the one who wronged me. Not in God's kingdom of peace. The punishment that brings you peace is going to be on him. The prince of peace. Are you trying to find healing? Are you trying to fix your own brokenness? And all you're doing is hurting someone else? Is this the result? Because this is the result of broken solutions. And when our plan to find peace is to turn to a broken solution that leads us to punish somebody else, we just perpetuate the brokenness. See, we look for peace in our measure of justice and we look for peace in the punishment of others. This is the human standard for justice, but God's justice is so much different than yours and mine. We think our wounds are healed by wounding others. That's the broken solution. Jesus says your wounds will be healed when you realize that my wounds were given to me to bring you wholeness and healing. Let that be your peace. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, took upon the punishment himself to bring us peace and give us peace. It's by Christ's wounds alone that we are healed. And our broken system to find peace is so wrong. And when we turn to that 
broken system of broken solutions. We continue to ignore God and eventually reject Him who wants to be your Prince of Peace. Jesus, whose ways are higher than our ways, takes upon the punishment and suffers on our behalf and He is wounded so He can pay the penalty of all sin for all time for all who would trust in Him, receiving Him as Savior and confessing Him as Lord. And He brings peace. No matter what the situation you're going through, you can be at peace in that situation. Why look anywhere else or to anything else or to anyone else to find peace other than Jesus? And why work so hard in your own efforts using broken solutions? Jesus was born to die so he could become the Prince of Peace and make a way for all who trust in him to have peace with God, receiving his eternal life, which is an everlasting shalom. It's a salvation a completeness, a wholeness that comes in mind, body, and in spirit for eternity. We have already received this when our trust is in Jesus. And those who receive this salvation have a hope. We hold on to this hope. And we have a hope that one day we will be made whole. And in the afflictions that we face, in the afflictions that our bodies go under, we know this is not the end of our story. And so we can have hope. We can hold on to that. And we can have the strength of God's mighty strength in that time to endure because we hold on to the hope. And while we suffer brokenness now, we won't be broken forever because of the work of the Prince of Peace. We don't have to perpetuate this. We can rest in God's peace. And we can treat others based on the way He's treated us. And we don't have to perpetuate injustice or chaos or brokenness anymore through our own actions or words. We can follow God's way by following Jesus' way of living. By following His way of loving. Because we have His solution to peace. It's His salvation. We have this hope in Jesus that we will be whole. And when you hold on to that hope, it changes everything. In fact, here's the teaching big idea. Jesus is God's solution to give you peace and the hope that you will be made whole. He is your solution to give you peace. He's your solution for your brokenness and Jesus is your solution to find wholeness. That you can have peace regardless of your circumstance or situation because not of what you can do or anybody can do for you to make up for it, but alone what Christ has already done for you through his life, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Because of his completed work through the cross and his resurrection, you have salvation when you trust in him. When you put your hope in what he has already done. See, in Christ's work on the cross... It, that alone is what gives us peace in our brokenness now because he is our prince of peace. The cross of Jesus is such a powerful work, a powerful work. This is the good news of Jesus. This is the gospel to our broken world. And what I'm about to say is so important that I want you to just write it down and I just want you to think about this. See, every attribute of God can be seen in the life, suffering, death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Every attribute. 
We could go on and we don't have the time, but I, we, we could name every character trait of God. It could be seen in the life, suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Every attribute of God. And these four names that we've been talking about in the series, that God that reveals that Messiah is the wonderful counselor. We can see this. We can see him as the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. See, every attribute of God can be seen in this way. See, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus reveals something. See, Jesus reveals that you can trust the wisdom of the wonderful counselor. That God's way of solving the world's problem is better than your way of solving your problem. That his ways are higher. Don't walk in disobedience anymore. Walk in faithfulness and trusting in him. God's ways of solving the, the, the problems of this world is so much better. It's so wonderful. Jesus experienced, he came into this world and experienced all the suffering for you to experience wholeness and eternity. You can trust his ways. <laughs> Because he's the wonderful counselor. And Jesus reveals that you can trust the power of the almighty God. If God can raise Christ back to life, there is nothing impossible for him to do for you. Nothing's impossible. If he can save your soul, then nothing is impossible for him to do. Can you trust Jesus? Jesus reveals that you can trust him as the almighty God no matter what you have to endure. No matter, you can depend upon his strength to endure any suffering because he's already stepped into the suffering ahead of you. He's a mighty God. And Jesus reveals that you can trust him as the faithful, loving, everlasting Father. He reveals that I can trust the faithful, loving care of an everlasting Father. See, it was the faithful, loving, caring, heavenly Father who sent his only Son to become the Prince of Peace for you. And Jesus reveals the salvation of the Prince of Peace. He reveals that you can trust the salvation of what he does. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of Peace given to us to bring shalom, given to us to bring wholeness, to bring salvation to all who are broken. And he's the solution. Jesus is your solution. He's the source of your solution. Turn to him first. He's the he's source of your solution. He wants you to turn to him first in your anxiety. He wants you to turn to him first in your distress, in your pain, in your suffering, in your loss, in your death, in your grief, in your misery, in your sorrow, in your sadness, in your affliction, in your anguish, in your heartbreak, in your heartache, in your unhappiness, in your rejection, and in your feeling of abandonment. He wants you to turn to him first because you trust him most. See, Jesus is God's solution to give you peace and a hope that you'll be restored into perfect peace. Perfect wholeness. Sounds redundant, right? Perfect wholeness? It is redundant. But it's exactly what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 26 when he says, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord. Forever, at all times, for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. <laughs> Perfect peace in the Hebrew is shalom. It's actually written twice. Shalom, shalom. He will keep you in perfect peace. 
So do you need peace today? If you need peace, I want to invite you that you can have perfect peace. It's following what Isaiah says. Let your mind be steadfast on him, trusting in him. Let your mind be steadfast on Jesus. And you can't experience peace if your eyes aren't mind and your minds aren't steadfast on him. So how do we keep our minds steadfast on Christ? Well, scripture and prayer turns our attention toward our solution. That's why scripture and prayer is so important. It turns our attention to our solution. And when we pray, and here's a powerful thing of what this series has done. It's been an encouragement that you can pray with others in any situation. And you can call upon any of these names of God in any situation that people are in. And you can point them to hope. Because when you pray with others, you share your hope in Jesus. The Prince of Peace who wants to restore and heal them and bring them wholeness. And so today, we're going to sing and we're going to celebrate. But before we do that, maybe you're here and you just need peace. And I just want to give you an opportunity, a moment to turn to Jesus first. Do you need to turn to him because you don't have peace relationally? Do you need to turn to him because you don't have peace physically? Do you need to turn to him because you don't have peace emotionally, mentally? Or maybe you need to turn to him right now because you don't have peace spiritually. Maybe you feel distant from God, disconnected from him. And you need to turn toward him and say, Jesus, I trust in your measure of justice on all sin because of what you did on the cross. I receive forgiveness through your work. And I trust that I am right with God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we are saved. And so I encourage you today that if you need peace with God, trust him, turn to him, and begin to follow his ways and his plan. And if today is the day for you to identify with Christ through baptism, we invite you to do this. We would invite you to come up and, and just come over here and talk with uh, Joe or one of our deacons and let them know that you, this is your next step because today you, you want to you walk in what God has already done through, for you through Christ's work. I encourage you to do that. And we're going to sing together. We're going to celebrate those who are being baptized. So will you stand with me? Father, as we celebrate right now, may we celebrate where we stand based on Christ's work and the hope we have in him being our Prince of Peace. Thank you for giving us perfect peace. In your name, Jesus.